This morning on the third hour of today, historic. Former President Donald Trump indicted by a Manhattan grand jury. The first time a former president ever facing criminal charges. The reaction, the political fallout, and when he could turn himself in. We're live covering all of it. Then later, big basketball weekend. We're going to break down the NCAA Final Four, the budding stars, the big matchups, and who is set to make history. Steve Kaki Kornacki taking us inside the last weekend of March Madness. And it's Mario time. We are super excited to catch up with megastar Chris Pratt, hearing all about bringing a classic video game to the big screen. Today, Friday, March 31st, 2023. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza, this is the third hour of today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the third hour of today on Friday, baby. That's it. And and we have a very special Friday guest joining us. Uh, this this phrase comes so true today. Yeah. Craig's better half. Much better. <laughs> Lindsay Zarnak here for the and welcome to the third hour. And I understand today, besides being Friday, is also a very special day. Do you know what it is, Craig? It's yeah. What? Uh, oh. March thirty first is that? Yes, it's not our anniversary. Well, it, it is somewhat of an anniversary. Do you know what it, anniversary it is? It is the anniversary of the day I proposed. <laughs> there you yes. go. You guys That's thought you true. Gonna, got you, thought we, you were going to get well, me. Well, we got you. We got you there. See, we, we had to there. give you a little bit of a hint. But That's yeah, right. But right? right. How about that? I didn't have a hint there. I remember. Oh, yeah. It was the most important day of my life. Absolutely. Oh, oh, oh thank you. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Well, we are really excited to catch up with everybody. But you're actually here, Lindsay, on a really busy morning. Yes. We'll start with the business here. Because I can't imagine what could possibly go wrong this hour. Sitting between the two of you. Uh, we are going to start with that historic morning. In fact, first time ever, a former U.S. president is facing criminal charges. Yesterday, a Manhattan grand jury voting to indict former President Donald Trump. The case centered around an alleged hush money payment to adult film star Stormy, Stormy Daniels during the 2016 presidential campaign. President Trump denies committing any crime. Uh, a lot to talk about this unprecedented decision. And to do that, we bring in NBC's chief White House correspondent, Kristen Welker. Good to have you with us in Great person this morning. Great to be here. Uh, first of all, let's just put this in perspective, Kristen. How big of a deal is this? And when can we expect to hear more about what's actually in that still sealed indictment? Yeah, good question. Great to be here with all of you. This is unprecedented, as you said. This is a former president. We have never seen this before. You heard his attorney tell Savannah earlier this morning that the former president was shocked when he was told that these charges were actually coming down. Politically speaking, he's going to use it to embolden his base. We've already seen that. We've seen Republicans, even some of his rivals, closing ranks around him. But this is still a criminal indictment that carries legal and political risks potentially in the long term. Criminal indictment. In terms of when we're going to learn more, Craig, we expect him to appear for charges on Tuesday. Okay. So we expect sometime before then or on Tuesday to learn more about what these actual charges are, because we don't know yet. We just don't know. Is there, is there going to be a perp walk? Will the former president actually be publicly arrested? Or is this something that's going to probably happen behind closed doors? So we're not entirely clear. We don't know if there's going to be a public perp walk. Here's what we do know. We know that he's going to be processed like anyone else mm -hmm. who is facing charges. So what does that mean? He's going to be fingerprinted. He's going to get a DNA swab. He's going to have a mugshot. This is not just a former president we're talking about. He's a former reality TV star. 
So he understands the power sure. of these images. So if there are images, expect him to try to capitalize mm-hmm. on them. Expect him to try to use them as an act of defiance. Now, now, Kristen, this is the first of what could be possible multiple yes. beginnings of these these indictments coming up. How does this impact the other inquiries? And and if there are others, does that change the 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 calculus for other people? whether they support the president or continue not to support him. Al, I think that is the single biggest X factor here. As you say, he's facing several other investigations, special counsel investigation into his handling of classified documents. The investigation surrounding January 6th, there's an investigation in Georgia into attempts to overturn election results there. All of those legally are more risky. He could face more prison time if he's indicted. If we see more indictments, you could see some of his rivals come forward and start to take the gloves off. That could start to peel away support, not amongst his base. His base is never going to abandon him, but around the edges. Mm -hmm. Republican voters who say, yes, we love Trump, but Mm -hmm. do we want to see a Republican in the White House? Independence? Independence, for sure. And they could start to become concerned about the baggage that he carries. Remember the argument that Trump made against Hillary Clinton in 2016, that she carried too much baggage. Voters bought that. Will we see the same type of argument here? We'll have to see. But they're ready to play defense. In fact, Senator Lindsey Graham saying last night at this indictment, he said, is, quote, going to destroy America and we're going to fight back at the ballot box. So Trump has said he's going to continue his 2024 campaign. What kind of fallout could we see? Lindsey, I have spoken to Trump supporters, moderate Republicans, Democrats for years covering several administrations. I think we're going to see a hardening of the political divides in this country. That quote that you just read from Lindsey Graham, you hear the heat in that rhetoric. A lot of people are reminded of, obviously, January 6th, concerns about protests that we might see uh, when the former president is arraigned. And we know that authorities here in New York, frankly, nationwide are bracing for that. Wow. Chief White House correspondent. Thank you. Thank you. Thankfully, so far, anything has been fairly muted. And hopefully it stays that way. Yes, indeed. Thanks so much. Thank you. Uh, Meanwhile, as we said, very busy news day. Uh, Here's an update on another story we've been following. That high profile court case involving Gwyneth Paltrow. Well, it came to an end last night in Utah. Jury ruling in her favor in the civil case brought by a man who claimed the actor slammed into him on a ski slope in 2016. Jury deciding that he was actually the one at fault for the crash and awarded Paltrow Paltrow one dollar in her countersuit. Turning now to hallowed ground for golf fans, the Masters. It's next weekend. Yeah. You guys both big golf fans, I know. No. Before. <laughs> not at all? No, not one day. Only me. <laughs> yeah. We should get you out there. Okay. All right. Before that tees off, there's the Augusta National Women's Amateur Tournament. And of course, our golf fanatic, the other golfer here on the on the panel, Dylan Dreyer, making her way down to Georgia. So, Dylan, you must be felling because you're at the Augusta National. It's a pilgrimage for golf fans, even just sports fans in general. So, t- tell me, what makes Augusta so special? 
Well, first of all, guys, you know, they're putting a lot of trust in me that I'm not going to hop over these bushes right now and just like run across the practice green here. Uh, they are practicing right now. Today is a practice ground here at Augusta National because the final round takes place tomorrow. The other two rounds, uh, the initial rounds took place up the street at Champions Retreat Golf Club. But this course is like none other. I mean, pristine is just not even the right word because it's more than pristine. It's more than majestic. It is just absolutely perfect. There is no blade of grass out of place. This is just an amazing place to just watch golf. It's just amazing being here. In fact, uh, one of the highlights I found are these sandwiches. I mean, you can get oh, the yes. pimento cheese sandwich, pimento cheese. which is, you know, typical, Craig, you get cheese? it, you know, yeah. in, in the yeah. southeast. Mm-hmm. But there's also just the egg salad sandwich. Wow, these are I've never seen those anywhere. And they, Stop it. and they come in these little plastic bags. And honestly, it's one of the highlights of, of being here besides the amazing golf you get to watch. Huh. And there's the reason price too by the way a dollar fifty right that's I bet that's what it used to be yes uh, only a dollar fifty but you know what's really cool about this this weekend leading up to the masters is the uh, augusta national women's amateur is a way to come to this course to watch incredible golf i mean these girls are at the top of their game most are still in college some not even in college yet the winner last year anna davis was only 16 years old and they are just absolutely incredible in fact this year uh, it's uh, half the field is international players so there's 10 players from Japan. So this whole tournament has taken the world by storm. It's become uh, the new tradition here at Augusta National and really uh, just some incredible golf can be seen all weekend. And you can also hit up the gift shop too, which I'm about to do right <laughs> after this. So <laughs> you joked about hopping over the bushes. Are you getting a chance at getting around in while you're down there? <laughs> here? I, I don't think there's <laughs> no. ever a chance I'll play Augusta no. National. Don't I keep not. trying. I bring my clubs. I, I'm ready to go if the invite ever comes my way. But uh, no, I mean, and, and that's what's cool about being here. As much as you want to play, it's just as enjoyable to watch. So you guys will check out some uh, huge, incredible golf this weekend. You can watch it, of course, on NBC and on Peacock starting at noon Eastern time tomorrow. So, Dylan, like in baseball, they have the first pitch. Do they? Could they do a first swing? Could you go out and do the first swing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I say yeah, you just hop the, the bushes. First drive. I'm going to kick off the whole the whole event. There tomorrow. you go. We're starting <laughs> a new thing. We're counting on you. All right, Dylan. Thanks, thanks so much. And you can watch the final round of the Augusta National Women's Amateur tomorrow at noon Eastern, right here on NBC and Peacock. It really is hallowed ground down there. It's a special place. Uh, when we come back, speaking of sports. The Final Four action kicks off tonight. Uh, Bring it. There he is. (laughs) Our man in khaki, Steve. He's here to tell us what to watch out for over the weekend. And then a little bit later, it is Mario Madness here in Studio 1. A superstar, Chris Pratt, live to tell us about bringing the iconic video game character to the big screen. He did it in an amazing way. Third hour of today. Right back after this. Hello, parents, homeschoolers, and teachers. Trusty narrator here from the Who Smarted podcast. Our 15-minute episodes are perfect for car rides, bedtime, break time, class time, or any time. We make learning science and history fun and funny for 7 to 11-year-olds with new episodes every week. Look for Who Smarted on any podcast platform or at whosmarted.com. And teachers get a free subscription to our ad-free version by clicking educators at whosmarted.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Jenna Bush Hager from Today with Hoda and Jenna and the Read with Jenna book club. 
There's nothing I love more than sharing my favorite reads with all of you, except maybe talking to the exceptional authors behind these stories. And that's what I'll be doing on my podcast, Read with Jenna. I'll be introducing you to some of my favorite writers. These conversations will leave you feeling inspired and entertained. To start listening, just search Read with Jenna wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back now with a look at the biggest weekend in college basketball. This is like sit down all weekend, just watch TV. <laughs> Brackets have been busted for weeks in one of the maddest tournaments ever. Now it is time to crown a champion. And here to look ahead to the Final Four, NBC News national political correspondent Steve Kornacki. Good to have you back, brother. Great hey, to hey. be here. What a weekend. Oh, this is your Super Bowl. Yeah. Before <laughs> we dig in here, we've been talking about brackets being busted for weeks now. <laughs> I know you had Duke early, but <laughs> who else did you How's How is Steve Kornacki's bracket? So we're going to start this segment let's, off. With, yes. Let's, let's wow. just keep you're our expert. Uh, the, uh, well, I think we could put it up in fairness. Well, you do ask me to put a bracket together uh, at the uh, – actually, okay. this is the – this is the real bracket. I was going to say, not, yeah. I was gonna no, say I'll take credit it's for amazing. This. I'll take credit for this. This is about back. a one in a million. Yeah, this That's is, your bracket. Uh, this is what I came up with. I had Alabama. Goodbye, Alabama. They're long gone. I had Duke winning it all. Oh, you they did didn't even Miami. make it the first weekend. I didn't have you say, but thank you for noticing that. Yes. I did have the Miami Hurricanes wow. making the final. I checked this morning on the ESPN standings. Yeah. I am in 10,893,520th place. Oh, but you're not last. real bad, but there amazing. were 20 million entries. See? So you're right there in the middle. 50%. Right percent. The middle. You've got a great Miami story. I, well, I follow Jim Laranega with George Mason when they made it to the Final Four. They knocked off UConn to get to the Final Four. That's right. So this opportunity, mm-hmm. and they were a one seed. All right. So now... This now is pretty. So special. here we go. Final four. Let's start with the men. I mean, this is yeah. This is Cinderella's ball this weekend in Houston on the men's side. This is the first time since 1970 you've had three teams that have never made a Final Four. That's Miami, San Diego State, Florida Atlantic. The giant left is UConn. They're going for their fifth national title since 1999. But look at those seeds: four, nine, five, five. First time ever wow. since they've done seeding in this tournament mm-hmm. that no one shorter than a four seed has made the final four. So this is truly a Cinderella bracket here on the men's side. Women's side? Women's side's a little bit of a different story. Let's put that up here. The number one overall seed, the, the favorite to win this tournament, the defending champion, South Carolina, they remain alive here. Look, you see a three seed, a one seed, a two seed. So not as much in terms of Cinderella, at least on the surface. Although I would say this is the first time in a generation you don't have a UConn, you don't have Tennessee, or you don't have Stanford. At least one of those teams has been in the Final Four on the women's side since 95. This is the first time since then without one of those three. Craig, you were texting with Dawn Staley uh, just last I, night. Uh, you know what? I like to keep my texting conversations <laughs> private. Well, you mentioned they're on the air. I, I, I know, like right? You kind of did. You mentioned it on uh, the air. There's but, been... <laughs> but I will say, nobody's beating the game well, class well, this I mean, tournament. But you did get some good insight I, from Coach. I, I, they, discipline. They're focused on discipline. Excellent. Yes, so that's great. You could pass that number along. What, what have been some of the other defining moments, Steve? Well, I hope she was also telling you they're focused on who they're playing tonight in Iowa because this is the most widely anticipated men's Caitlin. or women's year. Ooh. Caitlin yeah. Clark from Iowa has single-handedly taken the Hawkeyes to their first Final Four in 30 years. How about this? For the first time in the men's or women's tournament in history, she put up a 40 point triple-double in the lead eight, meaning 41 points, 12 assists, 
10 rebounds, double digits in three statistical categories and more than 40 points of scoring. So for South Carolina, undefeated, defending national champion, 42-game winning streak, to defend their title tonight, Mm -hmm. they've got to find a way to shut down Caitlin Clark. Nobody has yet. I think this is the most anticipated game either tournament this weekend. All right, so you you always come come with a little trivia. What do you got for us? So here's your question. You got the women's tournament tonight, final Uh four tonight. That's going to be in Dallas. The men's tomorrow night in Houston. Uh Ticket prices. Yeah. What's more expensive, the women's tonight for the final four, the men's tomorrow in Houston? Women's. Yeah, I would I would think men, so it's obviously going to be women's. I, I would think that that matchup you just mentioned probably driving yeah. ticket prices up, Iowa-USC. I may have given you the answer with that last one. It is true. The women's tickets tonight in Dallas, about $250 on wow. average. The men's tomorrow, about 114 Again, you got that matchup. And mm. one of the things, when you get all those Cinderella's on the men's side, yeah. think of last year's Final Four. You had Duke and UNC. I mean, it's easy to sell Huge tickets for that. Problems. Florida Atlantic, San Diego State. It's a great story, but okay. And sells many things. Chris Pratt, who do you have? Fun to watch. Oh, uh, I think I, I know it's a long shot, but I'm hoping that I'll win. There you go. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Okay, you, Steve, well, Steve, thank you, thank you so much. When we come back, the man who's going to win the final four, Chris Pratt, here <laughs> live talking the Super Mario Brothers movie. We'll be right the back. Whoa. Nice. That was good. Ah, we are talking Super Mario with superstar Chris Pratt. Uh, He has really done it all, playing the lovable Andy Dwyer in the hit NBC comedy Parks and Rec, then starring in blockbuster franchises as Star-Lord and Guardians of the Galaxy and dinosaur whisperer Owen Grady in the Jurassic World movies. Well, now Chris is saying, it's me, Mario, in the Super Mario Brothers movie. Chris, it is so good to see you. Thanks for being here. Oh, man, it's my pleasure. So happy to be here. So how how do you get ready to play, I mean, this this iconic character. I mean, not just, I mean, it's global. Uh, yeah. So you're, you're taking on this, this role. What was it that got you into the mindset to come up with that voice? 30 years of playing the Super Mario Brothers. It's, I've been, I've been in deep training yes. since I was nine years old yes. to play this role. So it's it really, you know, um, that's it. Just knowing the games, mm-hmm. loving the games, talking to the directors and the and the writer on on who this character is, and you know, moving this out of the video game world into the narrative film world. Uh, you know, we get to learn a lot more about these characters mm-hmm. and kind of ground them in reality and come up with a voice. Where do you practice your voice? Where do I practice it? In the car, in the car on the way to to this <laughs> to the stage. What they do is, you know, it, it was about maybe two sessions a month for over the course of a couple of years to wow. do this uh, movie, and. We tried a lot of different stuff, to, and you throw a lot of stuff at the wall to see what sticks. And ultimately, what happens is you, you get to the um, the studio to do a recording session, and they say, "This is the stuff we picked out of all of our previous sessions. This is where we're zeroing in on the voice. This is what we like." And they would play this reference track at the beginning of my own voice that I'd hear back, and they say, "Aim for that." And so that's sort of how we zeroed in on the voice. They they really uh, picked. Uh, of the multitude of options I had given them, they picked the voice. So we got to show our kids this film. Yeah. And they have a little review. Okay. If we can show you. All right. right. Take a look. I loved it so much. I liked it all. Do you have a question, Mr. Brad? Yeah. How did you do it and were you nervous? Oh. 
How did you do it? And were you nervous? Oh, well, thank you for for that (laughs) glowing review. Uh, I I was a little nervous. I knew that kids such as yourself and even kids at heart such as myself, we've been playing this game for a very long time, and we care deeply about these characters, so I I didn't want to mess it up. So I was a little nervous. And how did I do it? I just tried my hardest every every session over the course of a couple years and, and showed up to work and did my best, and that's how I did it. You know, Life lesson, right there. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, I wondered when you showed your kids the movie. I see. Yeah. What was their reaction? Oh, my son Jack's ten, so he's mm-hmm. similar uh, to to Adele. He's nine, right? Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So Jack's ten. He loved it, man. He loved it. He brought a group of his friends, and you know, he loves to play Smash Brothers. He loves the Mario Brothers, and. It was cool because he it, almost immediately he forgot that I was voicing the character. Oh, that's good. He just got caught up in the movie, and mm-hmm. so that's a, that is a good sign. Wow! In fact, uh, my my son Nick and I he was a little younger, but this is how we did our homage to uh, the Mario Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> that's, oh, that's so this, good. This wasn't Halloween. We just dressed up. Like, <laughs> that's uh, right. that <laughs> it, was, it was a weekend. It's like a yeah. random Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. So so besides this unbelievable uh, franchise, Guardians of the Galaxy three. Yeah. I mean, what can you tell us about that? Oh man. That is, uh, I'm very excited. I'm very excited for that. It's the final uh, installment of this trilogy. It's directed by James Gunn, who wrote and directed all three. That's pretty rare yeah. in, in these uh, big uh, franchise movies to have the same auteur, writer, director do the whole journey with the cast. And man, it's fantastic. It's really, really a special movie. It's the, it's the closing of this beloved Notice franchise. Notice he told us nothing. Exactly. He told us nothing. Ten, ten years in the making. Everybody who's been in a Marvel movie comes and says basically. Yeah, they train us. They train us. They yeah. do a good job. My sh- yeah, I got a little shock call. <laughs> One tidbit? No. Uh, we, you get to meet Adam Warlock. Uh, this is a character that uh, you've never really met. It's played by, brilliantly by Will Poulter. He's a, uh, an amazing uh, uh, up-and-coming um, star, mm-hmm. and uh, you'll get to meet him. All right. That's, a tip. Yeah, that's something. Good. That's something. Lindsay got it out of him. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Chris, thank you so much. So good to see you. My Thanks pleasure. for stopping by. Don't forget Super Mario Brothers movie from our sister company, Universal and Illumination, hitting theaters April 5th. It really is a good one. Yeah. It really is. I love the work yes. zones. This yeah. is like up. taking me back. <laughs> Reading, writing, and rap. We're going to visit the classroom where the lesson plan is hip-hop, and it's working, y'all. Then a little bit later, Philippa Sue is here live. We're going to hear about her return to Broadway and the new rom-com, the drama that's based on a bestseller. Third hour of today, right back after this. Welcome back on this Friday yay with a special guest. What makes us say yay? Craig's wife, Lindsay Zarnick, with us <laughs> this you. morning. Thank you, Uncle Roger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what our kids call you at home. Oh, Uncle Roger, that's me. Uh, this morning in our series, By the Book, is a program that gives new meaning to music education. Yes, and it's the brainchild of two friends who are using hip-hop to keep kids engaged. NBC's Morgan Chesky is here to tell us more about it. Hey, Morgan. Hey, What's guys. Up, Morgan? Good morning. Morgan. You ever hear about something and think, I wish they had had that whenever I was in school? Yes. <laughs> this is exactly exactly one of those things. This program is called Reading with a Rapper. It started in Texas, and it's tackling some of the lowest literacy rates in the entire country. But students have found that it's about a lot more than just turning those pages. We're going to look through some music. Y'all are going to listen to it. You're going to internalize it. We're going to find words that we don't know, and we're going to dig deep. At Houston's Fleming Middle School, before anyone cracks a book in Miss Rogers' reading class, rule number one is listen. While textbooks stay closed, the lessons taught in a brand new way, verse 
by verse. You hear reading with a rapper the first time as a teacher, <laughs> a little skeptical. Yeah, <laughs> it was a little like, oh my gosh, what is this going to look like? How is this going to, you know, impact the classroom? Lakenya Rogers, one of the first teachers to feature the rap lessons in her classroom. Now she asks students to find similes, metaphors, and alliteration, not in novels, but hidden in the lyrics of hip-hop. As an educator, it's amazing. Anytime the light bulb goes off for a student and you find something that actually works, that's going to help them learn and be better, you know, readers and writers, of course, that makes you excited. <laughs> the idea, called Reading with a Rapper, was created by two friends, Jaron Small and Douglas Johnson, who wanted to help schools connect with students by tailoring a curriculum to the audience. I think a lot of times school at a certain point, it just wasn't fun. So I think it started from there. Like, how can we change the feeling of what school is for the next generation? The two-month program remixes traditional lesson plans by partnering with local rappers. Each song helping teach crucial concepts like sentence structure, grammar, and figurative language with a side of rap. Reading would have been significantly more fun, uh, I think. Right. And, and that's like the biggest thing that we hear all the time as we're going around to these different schools, whether it's parents or teachers. Like, Man, I wish I had this when I was in school. Looking at the words that we don't know, making inference, we're going to talk about what we don't know about these words. Nationwide, Texas literacy rates rank near the bottom, 46 out of 50. From poor test scores to a lack of comprehension, Experts say failure to grasp critical language skills early on can lead to a lifetime of limited opportunities. And it's the foundation root of learning as human beings. You can't do anything without If you can't read and write, you can't do STEM. I can't give you financial literacy. I can't give you any derivative because you just simply can't understand it. Helping tackle the root of the problem, the program's first signed artist, Buddy Rowe. The Houston area native dropped out of high school to chase a rap career but found himself looking for more than parties and fame. I wanted to have personal experiences with the people that are consuming my music. It's never been just about the music for you. No, uh-uh. I don't think I would have continued to do it if it was just about the music, if it wasn't about helping people or impacting people. His biggest fans these days, filling more classrooms than clubs, all learning from the lyrics he pours his heart and soul into, like students Jayla Lewis and Mel Jennings. You can learn anything, but like in a different way. Like that's what reading with a rapper have taught me. Like it just don't have to be a text. You can learn. You can learn it from an artist and how they write their music. I, I learned about myself that I learned reading faster when I listen to music. The impact already couldn't be more clear. The program says it's helped 100,000 students, has expanded to seven states, and has big dreams to go international music to these founders' ears. We see that if we make a school better, we make a community better. And if we make a community better, we're making a city better. If we can make our cities better, then we can make our country better. So for us, yeah, it, it is education, but ultimately it's like, how do we just make the human race just better? Yeah, it is just the beginning for them. Reading with a Rapper has definitely reached students through hip-hop, but they do have plans to expand, whether that's going to preschool or even utilizing different musical genres. And by the way, guys, Buddy Rowe, the rapper who's working directly with the program, mm -hmm. he's releasing his LP today. Okay. Big news for him. And then on wow. Monday, he'll actually be performing at the NCAA Men's Final Four. Wow. That's incredible. Whoa. Right. Wow. You know, it's funny because I, I think programs like this are effective. 
Because they meet the kids where they are. Exactly. exactly. No matter where they are. And that's why we mentioned the different genres of music. So reading with a rapper now, yeah. some country music could be coming in down the road. Oh, yes. It's all wide open. Yeah. It's a great story. It's kind of like an updated version of Scholastic Rock. There you go. That's right. Very good. Awesome. Thank Uh, you, Morgan. Thank you, guys. By the way, Morgan, this is my wife, Lindsay. Lindsay, it's, it's great. It's to a pleasure. Now it's official. I watch you uh, in the morning. Just, you know. <laughs> uh, by the way, speaking of hip hop education, original <laughs> Hamilton cast member Philip Bassoon. Yes. Philip Bassoon's in the house. He is back on Broadway in a new take on a classic musical. Then a little bit later, Luke Wells is here. Ooh. Joy Bauer. Hey. Answering your superfood questions like. What's the best salty snack? Third hour of today, right back with snacks after this. We have some. Alpha One Niner, commence Wi-Fi device checklist. Laptops, on. TVs, streaming. Game console, console. Smart thermostat, set for cuddle time. Doorbell camera, oh, my package is here. Fast, reliable, able to power tons of devices inside your home at once. All systems go, you are clear for takeoff. This is Xfinity Internet, Wi-Fi built to wow. And watch the short film, The Aviators, now playing at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Hey guys, Willie Geist here, reminding you to check out the Sunday Sit-Down Podcast. On this week's episode, I get together with Chris Pine to talk about a career that has taken him from Star Trek to Wonder Woman, and now the new film he wrote, directed, and stars in called Pool Man. You can get our conversation for free wherever you download your podcasts. The City Music Series on today is proudly presented to you by City. This morning, we are catching up with the mega-talented Philippa Sue. She starred as Eliza in Hamilton, which, of course, earned her a Tony nomination and a Grammy Award. Yes, so now Philippa is back on Broadway in the revival of Camelot, and she also stars in the new romantic comedy drama One True Love. So Philippa plays Emma, whose husband disappears in a helicopter crash. Years go by, and she begins to find happiness again, but this time with her childhood best friend, Sam. Welcome back. Thank you. Welcome back. Me. So One True Love's for folks who, folks who don't know, it's a film, film adaptation for the book uh, that was written by Taylor Jenkins Reid, who also did the recent hit, A Daisy and the Six. What, what drew you to this particular role, this particular project? I was drawn to this really nuanced love triangle. I felt like you know, it was a really like beautiful story, and of course, knew that Taylor Jenkins Reid was beloved by a lot of people. And um, getting to read the book and read the script, I was just immediately drawn to this woman, this character Emma, and her impossible decision that she has to make. She was in a bit of a pickle. I, I mean, you do can you, call it that. Do you believe that you can have more than, <laughs> as I look at my husband and ask him the question, <laughs> yeah. more than one answer. true love? Um, yes. <laughs> I feel what like do you believe, Philippa? <laughs> well, listen. I feel like love comes in all different forms, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you're looking at it like that, yes. And I also think that love is something that you have to choose to do every day. You you make a choice to love someone every day. So can you have more than one true love? Yes, you can love your mother, your husband, well, your good. wife, like your you partner, kids. your that's... kids, a stranger, but you can, you have to choose to love someone. So, so speaking of I love, that's today. You talked to her on Monday. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> well, um, when, 
when a therapy <laughs> session <laughs> finishes, uh, when, when someone, he uh, hosted SNL last year, there was a skit about uh, the type of people who do karaoke. I understand it might have been inspired because I hear One True Loves had an epic karaoke rap party. There was karaoke at the rap party. I did not part. I watched the karaoke. Uh-huh. I did not participate in the well, karaoke. When you do p- participate, what's your go-to karaoke? When I do, usually Come On Eileen is one of my one of my. Oh, that's choices. a good, that's a good uh-huh. one. Um, or I'm just going to go classic with like a Beyonce song. I'm just going ah, to wow. see what they have, see what they got. Wow. You don't mess around. You know, I just like to have fun, you know? I Let's like see. that. <laughs> You've also taken the role, taken on the role of Guinevere and, yes. and Camelot yes. on Broadway. Now, it's, of course, this is the one that's been reimagined by Aaron Sorkin. Yes. How amazing has this been? It's incredible. It's been an incredible process, an incredible room to be in. You have this classic Lerner and Lowe story that is based on a classic tale that is beloved by so many people. We have a 30-piece orchestra, sweeping Mm. score, a cast of 27, Aaron Sorkin rewriting this book, Bartlett Sher directing, an incredible cast. I mean, it's just been a dream, and I'm really excited for audiences to see our revival, our take on this story. You were also recently in the Kennedy Center's production of Guys and Dolls, and I read that that was the first time you worked with your husband on stage, Stephen Pasquale. What was that like? It was magical. It was just so great. I mean, you know, people are always asking us, like, do you guys sing around the house at each other all day? And we're like, no, I mean, not, not like that. But we actually really did get to you know, work on these scenes, sing these songs, and actually found so much joy in being in this show together. And, you know, we want to do it more. We want to keep doing it. That's great. Really Working cool. with your spouse can be cool. Isn't it great? It can be it's cool. It's fun. <laughs> it is fun. Yeah. It gives you a different look at, at them. Yes, exactly. And a, a different yes, respect of their daily routine. Right, right. And you get to go to work together. What's better than that? Philippa, thank you. Thank Have you a great so weekend. Much. I always you. love it when you come by. One True Loves, uh, it will be in theaters on April 7th. That's next week. And by the way, again, you can catch Philippa in Camelot at the Lincoln Center uh, Theater right here in New York City. In fact, Craig loves the fact that you guys get to share his his dressing room. (laughs) That is true. Uh, And by the way, what's that big, like, air conditioning thing you have in there? Uh, Because it's like 90 degrees (laughs) up there. That's that's an argument, by the way, that travels from home. All right, coming up, Joy Bauer standing by for a superfood SOS. We're going to pepper her with your food questions. (laughs) Third hour of today, I'll be right back. I told you over you Boy, you talk about a Friday. Not only do we have Craig's wife, Lindsay, here, but we also have <laughs> nutrition and health expert Joy Bauer in studio as well. Yes. Hey, and I'm glad that you wore the red. Uh, like the, what is the, it's the emoji. You're, li- it, you're oh, like, both, you're both Luigi's. <laughs> exactly. That's what you're going for. Um, this morning we're doing a Superfood Friday SOS. So Joy is answering your nutrition questions. It's great to see you. All we're right. excited. So we're going to start off, and I meant Mario's, I'm sorry. Uh, let's start <laughs> off with a, this question from Julia R. in Austin, who says, I'm trying to eat better and I want more vegetables. Which which is the healthiest if you're going to pick one? Okay, so this is a super hard question to answer because whatever vegetable we look at brings mm-hmm. something special to the menu. Right. But if I only had to pick one, right. I would say spinach. Ah. Yeah, mm. spinach is basically like a multivitamin in leafy green form. Mm. It's got an alphabet slew of vitamins and minerals. It has A, C, potassium, magnesium, 
iron, uh, fiber, but also what's really neat about spinach is it has a unique combination of two antioxidants, lutein and zeaxanthin, mm -hmm. which helps to promote sharp vision. It helps right. to protect our eyesight. And there's so many great ways to incorporate spinach. Sure. One of the things that I love to do is I sort of melt it into a pot of simmering marinara sauce, and then ah. I mix it with penne. It's it, delicious. It, it cooks down to almost nothing. Yes. Here, let, yes. let's go. Uh, that is such a great idea. Diana Kay from Tucson is asking, what are your favorite healthy snack foods that satisfy that salty taste? Mm. I love this question because I love salty snacks. So the first thing, edamame. Edamame is mm, wonderful. And mm. you, when you boil it up in the pot, it brings the fun factor, and it also slows down the pace of your eating. Very simple. That's, I've never thought of that. That's a great point. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great. Kids love it, too. Mm -hmm. I love roasted nuts. Whatever nut is your favorite, that's what you're going to go for. This, These are my kale chips. I made them earlier <sighs> this morning. so good. It's instead of potato chips. Mm -hmm. And kale, also like spinach, has an alphabet of vitamins and minerals. I love this. It's very easy. I'll show everyone how to make it. This is a little weird, but mm -hmm. this is my kooky snack. I take kosher dill pickles and I wrap sliced turkey around them or bell peppers. Protein packed, and you know what I do? I dunk it in either hot sauce or mustard or mm. salsa. It's mm -hmm. really good. That is such a good idea. All right, Debbie G asks, what foods are best to keep us fuller longer? So you heard about protein earlier in the show, but I'm also going to give another promotion to vegetables. But from a strategy standpoint, here's why. Vegetables are packed with fiber and water. So as we eat them, it expands in your belly and helps you to feel fuller for longer. So Debbie's, her name was Debbie, yep. right? Debbie's homework. Is Debbie G. Debbie G to have two cups of vegetables with her lunch and with her dinner, at least two cups. And I'm showing you here, this is a sandwich. I added roasted peppers yeah. and cucumbers. Oh, I love the roasted Veggies pepper. on the side. Really Those vegetables seconds. will make you feel Enjoy 10 seconds. Longer. Sam yeah. from Chicago. Best way to have ginger. Best, oh, so ginger helps to settle an upset stomach. We know this from uh, research. The best way to do it is to steep it in tea. The ginger Just candy. Boil raw, raw ginger and boom. Yeah, a few slices of ginger root or some ginger powder in water. And I'm telling you, it's going to help you to feel better. Thank you, Joy. Oh, that's such a good idea. All right, Joy, thank Food you so much. Food is medicine. It is. And for the recipe for Joy's kale chips, it's on today.com yeah. slash food. We'll be right oh, back. Thank you, These sir. are so good. Those wraps. Cheers with turkey. Yeah, easy, right? Lindsay, it was wonderful having you. Oh, it's always Thanks great so to be here with Love you. you. Thank okay. you. Coming up next week on the third hour of today, we got John Stamos stopping by wow. Studio 1A. Yep, coming up on Hoda and Jenna, actor Kira Sedgwick. We will see you back here next week. God willing in the creek. Don't you rise. actually got a word in today. Yeah, barely. <laughs> barely. <laughs>